Forget your former managers, ignore the ex-pros. As football fans, we all know the real experts drink in pubs. It's funny, it's argumentative, and often it's just plain wrong. Welcome to the Foss Arms Public House and welcome to the Leicester City Pubcast. Hello everyone and welcome to a supremely overconfident Foss Arms as we join you, our fellow fans of the club that just keeps on winning five wins in five for Leicester City in January and unbeaten in eight. Now welcome uh, to myself, Tim, and my two good friends, Killer, good evening. Good evening. And Norm, good evening. Good evening. And we are in absolutely fine fettle as uh, City just continue to put together an absolutely brilliant run of form, uh, starting uh, with victory against Chelsea Football Club. And Norm, if you're a Chelsea manager, you know what happens when you come down the King Power, don't you? Yeah, yes, it's uh, one of your final matches in charge of your club. Uh, yes, I, I feel sorry for Lampard, but... He was duly dispatched after a sensational Leicester performance, really, wasn't it? Um, I did say last week I wouldn't be happy with the point. I was exceptionally annoyed at the uh, the bookmakers making Chelsea favourites. And it is delightful to be proved right. I um, thought it was a really, really great performance in the first half. Loved the fact that finally a really clever little corner routine worked for us. Um, Barnes with his, you know, a lovely, a nice little assist from Barnes. And uh, to, to quote Martin Tyler, yes, indeedy. What a strike. Good. <laughs> what, I mean, fantastic. It just had me out of my seat. Um, totally dominated. Yet again, another one of those games that from the start, just knew you were, we were going to win. Just knew it was going to be one of those games. Madison on form again. Um, Rudiger. Slapping Vardy out of the way just for Madison to, you know, nip in with a cool finish. It, he's, it, it was just had, it just had everything that first half performance. We really have the look of a top four side, if not, if not more. You know, um, I just thought everything that happened was positive. Looked in control. Chelsea were just like all at sea, and I know they're going through a bad, a bit of a bad time, but. I like to think that's because of how we played, that we set up as we wanted to play and they had to try and combat that, which they could not do. And the best thing about the game in many ways, the second half, it just never felt like there was ever going to be any problems. You know, we almost like took the foot off the gas. We, do, we are just starting to look like what the best teams do when they get a lead against each other and against other sides. They look comfortable and they look positive and just look like they're always going to get that result. And that's a sign of just an amazingly good side. So it was a really, really great day. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. Really was. Well put, Norm. And, and Killer, Norm's right, is he not? It, it's it's starting to get a feel of, of really strong expectation when we start these matches now, isn't it? I, like Norm, I... I fully expected us to beat Chelsea. I was equally irritated with the bookmakers. As Norm said, it's nice to be proved right. It was never in doubt, was it, against a fairly poor Chelsea side. And um, Lampard ended up going the same way as Mourinho and others before him. 
two teams actually almost going in different directions. And, you know, I, I've got to say, I wasn't somebody that was particularly bitter when Ben Chelwell decided to leave the club. I think he sort of did it the right way. If that was what, what he believed that, to be the, the right move for him as, as an individual. But if you looked at his performance versus our fullbacks, it was almost a microsm of the two clubs, wasn't it? He he looked horribly out of sorts. They looked horribly out of sorts. Our fullbacks were very comfortable. Our team played extremely, extremely well. And, um, you, you know, we're starting to iron out these inconsistencies that we had at the beginning of the season. That was obviously predominantly, well, it was all around the home form. We look like riding that out. And let's be honest, with that crease, it looks like it, 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 it's finally gone. As, as Norm said, top four, hey, maybe even, maybe even a tad higher. Norm Killer makes uh, the point about Chilwell. I must admit, while we're, while we're on the subject of being right, I think we all had a lot of time for Chilwell, but we were all also snapping Chelsea's hands off for fifty million. Yeah, and uh, and, I, and I think in that game you saw why. Great going forward, and then you compare him with our two fullbacks, and I, I think there's absolutely no question which club got the better end of that deal. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I think Killer made a sensationally good point there, and. I mean, the other thing, it's not, it's not just Chilwell. If we look at the defenders, you know, we've lost, you know, Maguire and Chilwell, how much money we've got for them. And we have seamlessly transitioned into having better players in their positions for significantly less money. And, I mean, what it just goes to show how really great our recruitment is at the moment. Because, you know, I, I wouldn't want Maguire or Chilwell back at all. I mean, what we have now is just is just sensational. And like Killer alluded to last week, um, are there any? You know, we have three of the best five centre backs in the in the country, and only two two can currently play. Um, so all in all, if you if you're a defender and you leave Leicester, don't expect to progress your career. Well, the match went very well, and, and Killer, as I'm sure you noticed, Chelsea had that little blue uh, pinstripe down the side of their uh, kit, so uh, that maintained the. Uh, beating all the teams in stripes run that we're on. And then we finished off that little run, Killer, by beating Brentford too. Yeah, and a very satisfying result, wasn't it? I want to know what Brendan Rodgers put in the half-time team, <laughs> by the way, because whatever it, whatever it was wasn't legal. Point number one and point number two, I want some. You know, I, I, I think I need that little, that little pep up on a, on a Monday morning. Lackluster first half. I have no complaints with the team that he picked. If anything, I think it was a tad stronger than I thought. We just weren't quite at it first half. And I think probably just about deserved to go in a goal down, even though we had a we had a few attempts. And second half, I mean it was it was unbelievable. I mean, if if, if you can just sort of compare it to a boxing match, it was almost like two or three rounds, you've done nothing, and round four you've come out and absolutely battered your opponent. And you could just see them. They were just getting stretched all over the pitch. You blinked and it was 2-1. Could have been 3-1. We were all over them. We were absolutely brilliant second half. It was that mouth-watering performance that you've come to come to just get used to with Leicester City. And tends to be on a Sunday afternoon. I don't know if you've noticed. I mean, I've just got rid of my Sunday roast. There's no point. Because if you want to have your taste buds really, really simulate, simulate, stimulated, should I say, then watch a Leicester City performance when that team starts purring. 
Because I tell you what, when these boys, Tielemans, man of the match, Madison, when these boys get playing football, we are one hell of a team. And Killer, I mentioned expectation, but I don't know about you, but we went one down in that game. And, you know, throughout our Leicester City supporting lives, that is a big problem. That is a big problem for any team. Mm. And I, we went one down in that. And you know what? Even it was a reasonably, we had a good first 10, 15 minutes, didn't we? The rest of the first half was poor. I was not in the slightest bit worried. I watched that whole game, not in the slightest bit worried. I've got such confidence now in Rodgers and that team to turn it round. I didn't think they'd turn it around quite as quickly in the first five minutes of the second half, but it's a completely different Leicester City supporting experience. These days. Even compared to the title-winning side, um, when there yeah. was just nerves left, right and centre. At the moment, I just have a great deal of confidence that we're going to win matches and find ways to do that. Depth in, depth in squad as well, isn't it? You know, for a start, I thought the starting 11 was strong. My only issue I had as the game started unfolding is I thought that Daniel Amati looked very, very uncomfortable at centre-back. Um, and I'm not convinced now that really that is a position you can consider him for too often. So I, I, I had the feeling, I wonder whether or not little Wes might come on second half, but you're quite right, Tim. In terms of attacking options, in terms of that midfield, it was a matter of time until they started to string the passes together. And with Brendan Rodgers' half-time pep talk, and they came out firing. As you say, at that stage then, within, within about two minutes of that second half, there was only going to be one team we're going to win. And in a week's time, we'll have uh, missed any opportunities that we uh, would want to take in terms of transfers. So just a bit of bit of noise going on for two or three players at the moment. And I must admit, um, our perennial bandwagon of uh, why on earth haven't we got a Vardy replacement? And uh, within five minutes of the game, Perez had a really, really good chance, didn't he? And dragged it uh, wide of um, to the left side of the goal. And I thought there is a great example of a moment where... We're going to wish that we had so gone in for someone. There are bits and bobs uh, about in the news at the moment. The one that's got me completely flummoxed, Norm, is this uh, Christian Eriksen bit. It's, it seems like we absolutely have tried to get him. It seems also like the deal's dead in the water because he wanted three times what our highest paid player, or he's on three times what our highest paid player is on, which I thought... A, was frankly staggering, and B, good on the club, because the last thing we want is any team spirit being broken. But I I'm, I thought, gosh, if we're going to go for a high-profile player like that, that wouldn't have been the position I thought we needed. No, I understand what you're saying, but I, I, I think the fact that it's looking like Vardy's out for a very short period of time has meant that they are not going to rush into the market for a replacement for him. Look, we've said it time and time again. We believe we need a replacement for Vardy. We can't quite understand why the club don't think we do. But, you know, in Brendan, we trust. So th th there must be some reason for that at this at this stage. Um, Christian Eriksen, for me, is a direct replacement for Dennis Pratt, who's going to be a big miss, you know, if he's out till... April time. He's fundamentally pretty much the rest of the season, really, isn't it? And um, I, I like the fact that we have been linked and have obviously gone for to you know to a to a to a point until we found out about his wages, a player of Ericsson's talent. And Ericsson wouldn't have been playing with for us every week. He would have been a, a, a backup. He would have been playing in the Europa League and coming on as a as as a, as a, as a, as a sub as and when required. So I, I do get. I do get why we we 
would have liked someone like that to add a little bit of backup with Pratt out. And not a cheeky little big for Danny Ings, killer, in the last few days of the window? Apparently he's not well, too happy. Apparently, he, apparently not, no, not signing no. with Saints I mean, after, after Champions League football. Yeah, but the thing is, look, he's a good player. The, the, the problem I think you're going to get with Danny Ings, if you sit down and have a chat with Danny Ings, I think he will ultimately just turn around and ask you a very blunt question. If Vardy's fit, do I play? And that, and that, I'm afraid, just comes down to, no, you won't be playing. There's no getting away from it. Vardy's our number one. And I and I think that kills the deal. Seriously, I really do think at his age, I think he's 29, he's talking about, when he talks about Champions League football, I think there's a caveat to that. I think he's, he, you know, his prerequisite is, I've got to play every week. I just want to play at a higher level. If he comes here, he's not guaranteed that. And therefore, I think we're going to have an issue with regards to, what what we want as a club, what he wants as a player, and I just think now that 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 will be the breakdown here, and it's and I think it would be exactly the reason why he doesn't go to Spurs because I think ultimately he'll have exactly the same conversation with Mourinho, and Mourinho will just look across at the world's best striker and go, no, he's playing in front of you. But but, <laughs> is, it, but is that not the point, Killer? Where, where is he going to get Champions League football and start? I can't see that. Well, Look, he's thrown that out, though, isn't he? You know, I don't think he's necessarily put two and two together. I just think he's he's thrown it out there on the basis of... Because, look, when you talk about Champions League, when you talk about Champions League football, surely he's not that serious about jumping on into a Champions League team at the moment. So, so presumably, he's talking about a team that is likely to qualify for the Champions League next year. I just think... I might be wrong. I just think that the Vardy discussion would kill the deal with him. And the the only other one, Norm, that seems to have a bit of noise around it is Damari Gray potentially going to Crystal Palace. Look, Damari Gray, when you talk hear other fans or, and other clubs speaking about him, it, it seems that they think he's really, really good. Um, and I, I suspect the fact that he's being offered out for a couple of million, um, if they want him now, obviously they can get him for free in the summer, Two millions is nothing in in this day and age, is it? So if they see something in him, then it, it's probably not a bad deal for everyone. At least we get a little bit of cash. He'll get some game time. And, you know, Palace are, you know, they're a decent club and probably still above his level, if I'm honest. But at, at least he's, uh, at least he'll get to like kickstart his career, which is probably just what it needs, really. So that is the real world of transfers. But we set ourselves a little challenge this week of uh, asking ourselves if we could have one player from the Premier League come to Leicester City for a direct swap with a current first team player and that first team player would then have to leave the club for good, who would that be? And my starter for 10, to kick it off with you two, is, and this is so difficult, isn't it? Because we love our squad at the moment with a couple of exceptions that everyone can probably put two and two together. Um, but it's certainly in terms of the starting 11, we've got an absolutely awesome team. And, uh, and this is what makes this so difficult. But I think an area where we could potentially do with a little bit more support is a bit of experience on the, on the flank. So the player that I would choose to bring in for, from the Premier League is Mo Salah. No, he's slightly out of form. And for that, I would be willing to, with a heavy heart, trade in Harvey Barnes. So I think uh, there might be a bit of switching flanks required, but I'm sure Salah's 
more than capable of doing that. Absolutely awesome goal threat. Barnes is definitely improving in that area. But I think um, Salah, give or take, best player in the Premier League, would be a bit of a no-brainer. So that's going to be my shout killer. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see who who you might be trading in in, in this fantasy world. Yeah, and can I just say for the record, as, as much as we are all big fans of young Harvey, he's a Leicester lad, and it, there's just something thoroughly, thoroughly good about Harvey Barnes as a person. I just like the way that he plays the game. He's a little bit, wee bit inconsistent, as you say. You can't deny at this stage that Mo Salah is a better player than him. I'm going to throw one, probably one of the older statesmen at the football club, who we all love to death, but I'm going to trade him with who I believe is the best player in the Premier League. And Mark Albrighton, who will be leaving with a fantastic leaving present. It will be it will be a sensational leaving present. And I would demand that every player put in a minimum £5,000 into his leaving pot. He will be going and stepping in will be Kevin De Bruyne. No, I thought you were going to tell us what this leaving present was. I've got no idea. That's with most <laughs> I thought things. you I dreamt up an incredible... Out. I'm just hoping that Norm starts laughing and, and he didn't. So I was kind of realising that I was getting nowhere with it. To be honest, he'll probably leave with a, a signed photo of his replacement, Kevin De Bruyne, for the... For the £100,000 that's in his leaving pot. Because there's nothing else to spend it on at the moment. You can't do anything. Yeah, good point. But that, you know, that, that, that killer, that is a, a very, very good shout. And I, I did think very much down the same lines. But I could not bring myself to remove Albrighton from our club. Or our team, I, uh, he's he's just he's just come back into himself over the the past few weeks, and he uh, he is what makes us tick at the moment. He looks brilliant. So I absolutely agree with you. De Bruyne is the best mid, certainly the best midfielder in the country. Um, so I've selected him, and with an equally heavy heart, because I think moving forwards, this guy is going to be sensational. I've exchanged him for Yuri Tielemans. Why have you exchanged him for Tielemans rather than Madison? That is a very good point because De Bruyne, I think he's just a little bit more of a, a player that can play the Tielemans role as well as the Madison role. So I think you get a bit of everything with De Bruyne. I think he's the complete midfielder, um, which is what Tielemans is going for, whereas Madison is, is definitely much more of a an attacking and, and definitely a number 10 kind of a player. So I've kind of gone for more of a direct, I believe, swap rather than a player that I would probably in many ways be happier to see go, but I don't think it fits in quite with what De Bruyne does. So that is why I've gone for Tillemans. See, I told you too that Madison's better than Tillemans. He's on absolute fire as well at the moment. He He is, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. And um, that that brings that little little slot to an end but we've we've got a new slot opening up called the foss arms cellar where we go beneath this mighty venue we're serving its uh, trump wells ipa with a with the throngs of lestrians drinking away to dig out some of our greatest stories and killer you're going to kick off kick us off this week with one of your own yeah, and I think the bad weather actually just reminded me of a famous trip that me and two carloads of mates took in 1998, where Leicester City were playing away to Blackburn Rovers on a Saturday. And as you do in February, when there's nothing else to do, you think to yourself, when we're playing that, that neck of the woods, I know what we'll do. 
Well, we'll make turn it into a weekend into Blackpool because, of course, Blackpool in February is just it's just gorgeous, you know, the sun's shining and and uh, you know, just just stacks of stuff going on. Anyway, two carloads of us went up to Blackburn back in those days. They were just on the turn, so they won the Premier League. Shearer had left, but they still had that kind of remains of a squad. We went there, Martin O'Neill as, as the manager, thinking we might get something here. And it was one of those trips where it just absolutely opened up, bucketed down with rain all the way up to the ground, parked the car up, two or three pints of Trumpwell's IPA in their local hostel. We're room. serving and that up there as well, were they? Yeah, they were. Well, that's actually where it came from originally. Is it really? And, uh, oh, mm, yeah. yeah. And uh, which, which is strange, given it doesn't exist. But, um, <laughs> He's waited all these weeks to, to say we haven't really got a sponsor. <laughs> we're, we're open to the sponsor. But in the meantime, oh, yeah. we've made one up. But anyway, uh, and maybe we can edit that bit out after the show. But no. um, so, so, so anyway, so we've gone up. We've gone up and it's 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 raining, and before you know it, it's half time and we're three 0 down, and then it starts to snow at half time, and then that sort of noise that fans make when all of a sudden snow's coming down, and you all go, "This is turning into an horrific trip," and I, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do? So, so then we turn around and I said to the guys, "Right, if they score again, we go." All right, we've got this. Trip to Blackpool. It's about twenty miles. We'll just we'll just get going. And for the second half starting forty seven minutes, Chris Sutton has chipped Casey Keller from the edge of the area, which takes some doing at this level. You know, we've all got. Oh, I said, right, come on, let's go. So that's it. We had to we had to actually had to summon a a, a um, steward to let us out. He went, well, what are you doing? I said, no, yeah, yeah we're going, we've had enough. So anyway, we've got in the cars, we've cleared off. And it's you've got like a short motorway then between Blackburn and Blackpool. And it's horrible weather and stuff. And then all of a sudden, we both got, got the radio on, 5-0. Oh, well, just as well we left then. Go back to Ewood Park, 5-1, Leicester got one back, 5-2, 5-3. All of a sudden, the car behind us flashing the lights. Should, should we should we spin round and go? <laughs> have we just missed? Have we walked away from the greatest ever comeback? Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, you were there, weren't you, Killer, for the fireball? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were there. It was it was amazing, like this. So anyway, um, we we drove into Blackpool. Obviously, there's nobody around. B and B. Right here we go, fellas. Part the car or walked in. You got you got five spare rooms. Landlord looked at me like we've had five spare rooms since about since about October. Do you know what I mean? So we've gone in. <laughs> and then I've turned around to him. So we just dumped the stuff in the rooms. We sat downstairs and we just we just warm ourselves up. And we said, I said to him, "Can you stick the uh, stick the TV on?" And as he's put the TV on, the results are coming through, and he sort of stood stood with us. I watched the results. Blackburn Rovers five, Leicester City three. At which point he then, by sheer coincidence, turned around to me and he went, "Hey, mate, what what are you up here for then?" And I said, uh, <laughs> "Just we're we're, Le we're Leicester fans. We're up here for the Blackburn Leicester game." 
Right? And he's looked, he's looked at the screen, realising the game's finished five minutes ago, and and his B and B's twenty miles away from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're all sort of sniggering, but I'm trying to make sure that that's keep a straight face because I'm just interested to see where the conversation goes. And you can just hear his northern brain, like, you know what I mean? It was like grinding away. He's, just, he's trying to compute it, thinking, yeah, hang on a minute, 20 mile away. He's got been up, been up for game. What's going on? So he's turned around and he's gone, well, how did you get here in a bloody helicopter? <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, great. Bad, bad game, but great, great. <laughs> a great, great trip away watching watching the Foxes. So we got yeah. uh, we can watch the Foxes <laughs> twice this week. We can watch, watch the Foxes all the time, can't we, in, the, in this pandemic? But two, two game week coming up again. And I'm going to take you back, first of all, listen to this little run, you two. So this is the Sunday the 2nd of, so, sorry, Sunday the 6th of December. I'm going to read you a series of results. From then... Sheffield United 1, Leicester City 2. Leicester City 2, AEK Athens 0. Leicester City 3, Brighton 0. Then there was another game, which I'll come back to in a minute. Spurs 0, Leicester 2. Leicester 2, Man United 2. Palace 1, Leicester 1. Newcastle 1, Leicester 2. Stoke 0, Leicester 4. Leicester 2, Southampton 0. Leicester 2, Chelsea 0. And then, of course, on top of that, Brentford as well. We simply don't lose games. Now, I did mention there was one game, and you know which one it was. It was Everton, the last team to beat us, and the team killer that we are destined to play next. Yeah, and we're playing them away. But 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 you're right, mate. To some extent, you know, we've been on a we've been on a brilliant run of form. I I hated that Everton game that night, and the reason I hated it is as as I've mentioned a couple of times, we were two 0 down. I remember that, but the only team that looked like scoring next was them. It was a really desperately, desperately poor performance. I'm hoping we've come a long way since then. A couple of things I want to throw in because obviously this time of year you're always looking for indicators. Ancelotti played a pretty strong Everton team last night, and much stronger than the team we played against Brentford. So. Maybe that could go against us. Our away form, throw that in as well. Our general form, although theirs isn't bad, our general form is sensational. I'll tell you something, it should be a brilliant game of football. Who starts at front, Norm? Perez or Iheanacho? Well, he's, he's going to start. He's going to start Perez, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, I heard him interview before the... Uh, the, the Brentford game and when he was talking when he was he was speaking about his uh, the goal threats that we offered um sadly for Ian Acho he wasn't even mentioned so um <laughs> I, <laughs> you know I was waiting for him so on we've got Kells as well that he can step in for Perez but he mentioned Perez he mentioned Barnes he mentioned Madison he mentioned Yuri Tillman. Schmeichel. Yeah. Schmeichel. Schme- Schme- well, Schmeichel. He wasn't even playing. Yeah, we can always bring on Danny Ward up front. Um, so so, so I, I think it's fair to say it will be be Perez. And I, I think Perez will do what I, I, okay there. So um, he, he, he's be, he'd be the player I, I would play in place of... Um, in place of Vardy, so I'm sure Rogers will be listening to me suggesting that we stick with Perez. But I don't, I don't see that we've got any other choice. 
And Killer, you wouldn't try Harvey Barnes instead? No, I wouldn't. No, because because Barnes just looks so much better on that flank. And by bringing him in, I think you lose something from the fr- from the flank. A coach said to me when I was a when I was a young guy, and he was and he was spot on. If you've got a winning team and somebody's injured, just make it as simple as you can in terms of selection. Just replace that player with somebody else. The second you start shuffling, you pack too much, you cause trouble. And and and, and I think that would be a terrible thing to do. He won't do it. Norm's spot on. He will go for Perez for Vardy straight swap, and that will be that will be the only. I trade. think that's right, Killer. I think the fact that you've um. W- as a team, the shape we're playing, the team's picking itself now. Okay, Vardy's not there. To start messing around with how players are playing in position is not going to be something that's sensible. So we should stick with the team that we're, we're best with. Vardy's not there. Perez comes in and let's see let's see what we can do. My gut feeling is actually this kind of game, you know, Everton, are, are, they're not a, likely to be pushing and pushing forward, not like Leeds. I know we're going to talk about Leeds in a bit, not like Leeds will. So actually, it was probably a game where we possibly won't miss Vardy quite as much. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous because we always miss Vardy, but, you know, but Vardy does have games where he, there's no space in behind. And I can kind of see that game it, it being a little bit like that. So it might not be too bad. And... In the spirit of... This is the episode where we're proving that we're right about everything. Believe me, this is not going to last. But I think we also, after a very, very difficult discussion a few weeks ago, probably just about landed on the fact that Soyuncu wasn't going to make his way back into the team killer. And um, this will be interesting because I thought he played very well against Brentford. Yeah. Um, look, the, 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 it's going, you're quite right, Tim. It, it's going to be very, 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 very tough. I think, though, that at the minute, Rogers will always go with Evans as his number one because that gives him the experience. And then I think at this stage, I think he'll go with the fitter, slightly more athletic for Farmer. But, you know, as I said last week, you know my, my view on it. I think we've got three of the best five defenders. I don't know if they if they if they remain fit. What the long term? What what Rogers is going to do long term? Watch this space. Rather him than me on that one. I think. And Norm, what else has Under got to do to get a start? Another really strong game against Brentford. Yeah, he, he played well, but I, I think the, the the team itself is picking itself at the moment. So it's almost at the point where he's not going to get opportunities, barring an injury or a sudden loss of form. To, to force his way into our Premier League starting eleven, so again, it's it's just a sign of the times at Leicester City that the fact we can make eight changes. And I looked at that side, and I was it was such a surprise when the commentator said I've oh, made eight changes. I hadn't really looked at it. I was just kind of oh, that's a really strong team. And then it's only when you when it's because they're bringing Pereira in and see it's it's just a, a such a great. I don't think Under can do any any more, but. He's he's not going to get in the side with the players playing as they are. Simple as that. And you know, the interesting thing is as well, here, guys. I just got, just going to uh, just wanted to get your feedback. If you were under, and obviously you're on loan till the end of the season, what are you starting to think? Well, I mean, it's I suppose it's what we're starting to think about him as well. I mean, the, the trouble with with a player like that killer is it. <sighs> To maintain a level of consistency for a player like that is very, very rarely done, isn't it? They come in and they have little... I'm trying to think of one. I really, you know, he's, he's 
full of bursts of energy um and he can you know the the the, the one against arsenal springs to mind isn't it the, the, the one that he set up for vardy you just thought blimey this guy could be fantastic in terms of a a foil for vardy setting vardy up left right and center with that speed but but then sure enough he di- he's out for a few you know he's 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 off form isn't he for a few games and I, i'm i'm trying to think across the history of the premier league really fast pacey adama troy always is another one i quite i quite like him i know you don't killer but it, but again getting a run of form out of someone like that who can be a real game changer is difficult so i think I, perhaps what you're alluding to i'm i'm not sure how long he's going to be here if he can't hold down a place and he's on we know the sort of money he's on as well i don't think he'd be here so, for uh, too long uh, are you? Uh, uh, I, I, I think on i think on that i think what we've got to think about is at the moment we're kind of um there's a lot of games, but it's Premier League. At the end of February or, or mid, mid-February, we're coming back into the Europa League season. And we are looking like a team that can progress nicely in that. So there are going to be a lot of games where there's going to be a lot of rotation. So other players, you know, he is going to have a chance to stake a claim to be at the club moving forward. I don't think he's going to be a regular Premier League starter at this moment in time, but he might well do enough to show that he's he has enough to be thinking about pushing on next year to be replacing someone like Albrighton, for instance. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Well, on that, Norman, let, let me let me test you. So you think uh, pretty much going to be the, the normal team, the normal team as, we, as it is now for the Everton game. But Ever- the Everton's an evening kickoff killer. I'm afraid your Sunday lunch is ruined yet again because we're playing two o'clock on Sunday again, believe it or not. So we've only actually got, Norm, three days recovery between the two games. So Leeds is a very different um, different proposition, as you mentioned, to, to Everton. You, what, what, what might he do there, assuming no injuries? Well, I think he'll play the same. I think he'll pretty well play the same team, if I'm honest. But again, if he needs to bring Pereira in um, in place of Justin, or he needs to bring Soyuncu in in place of Evans or Fafana, then he's, he's got that option. Um if he needs to bring under him because all Brighton needs a rest. Look, that isn't an issue. I, I think this game worries me a little bit. Obviously, when it comes to the predictor, it won't worry me enough to do anything other than a less victory. But, um, you know, yeah, let, really? this, is, this, this killer is coming from a man who, who has predicted 13 straight Leicester City victories since we started this podcast. So, so just get however many games there are to the end of the season, it will be that many straight. In fact, However long I'm on this podcast, it will be a record of predicting Leicester wins. <laughs> I, I, it's not doing I, you any I'm, harm. I'm, in I'm anything, uh, you know, if, if I'm anything, I'm consistent. So uh, anyway, this game bothers me a little bit because I think this is the kind of game where we will miss Vardy the most. I think playing Leeds will be, be pushing up, attacking us, and where we would be able to catch them on the break like we did in the home, uh, in the in the the away game, I think this will be harder for us to do that. But having said that, with Barnes and Albright and Madison all playing as 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 they are at the moment, hopefully we will be able to catch them on the break, soak up a bit of pressure, and 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 play like like we do, like we did again. I mean, we didn't have all the possession against Chelsea, so I'm I'm expecting us to do okay and to come out victorious. But I think this is a a game we will miss Vardy more than we will miss him against Everton because of the way Leeds will set up. You see, Killer, I I don't rate Leeds. I I think I think they've had a lot of hype. 
I think they just about clambered out of the championship for the second time of asking under Bielsa. He is a very, very interesting character, as you could on a number of levels. But one of the things yeah. I'm quite interested in with him, he's never actually managed any big clubs. He's, he's, his career for someone who is apparently the, the mafia don of managers and the likes of Guardiola and, and co look, look up to him. He's actually not managed. And, and, and I, I think Leeds are a little bit one-trick ponies. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at us. We know that. We also know they can't defend. I'm not too worried about that one. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the thing is with Leeds, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, but I just have enjoyed watching them play. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a refreshing way that quite nice for a promoted team to go gung-ho. He's a bit of a maverick. We know that. I mean, effectively admitted two years ago that he sends spies out to watch people practice when we know that's obviously illegal. But I quite like that. Also quite like the fact he stubbornly refuses ever to learn English. <laughs> you know, and he'll just sit there. And sit there I'm, I'm absolutely certain he speaks better English than I do, but he just sits there refusing to get involved with the media. Uh, I on, on his bucket. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a bit strange. But, but I've got to say, I still think he's brought something refreshing to the Premier League. Look, they're not a great side, but they're not a bad side either. They'll they'll finish they'll finish top of the of the of the the, other, the, the three teams that have been been promoted. I suspect they'll be okay. We mauled them at Ellen Road, and I think there might be more of the same down here. To, to, the truth be known. And on that note, Len, let's come on to the predictor table which up until this week was with trump wells ipa but we now know that doesn't exist so it's just the predictor table available for sponsorship if any of you so desire at lesser city podcast <laughs> at gmail.com um one point for the right result and three for a precise score and norm fantastically well you predicted the correct result exactly against chelsea um and did far better than killer and i, I got the right result as well killer went for a draw in that one and then we all went for wins against Brentford, but we all made the wrong score. So that leaves us with uh, Killer on five points, myself on nine, and Norm on 11, going into a double match week. So, Norm, can I have your predictions, please, for Everton and you Leeds? You can, but I just want to say, to say something very briefly further on Bielsa. Don't you both really hope that his interpreter is making up what he's saying? And that Bielsa's just sort of <laughs> waffling on and the interpreter's just saying whatever he likes with no knowledge of football whatsoever. And Incl Including yeah. to the players, yeah. do not defend under yeah, any Yeah, we like Leicester. Allow them to score. <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Right. Sorry, we digress. Apologies. Um, Everton. Ooh. Oh, it's, it's only going to be 2-1 Leicester. And 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 two on Leicester. And um, do you want me to do Leeds as well? Um, yeah, Leeds go on. is going to be two nil, Leicester. Killer. I I've literally got a cat <laughs> in my hand, which I'm about to drown in a bucket of water. If Norm didn't didn't pick two on Leicester, of course. <laughs> so the cat takes. <laughs> it's so obviously to... right okay in which case I'm going to go 3-2 Leicester at Goodison and 3-1 at home to Leeds and I'm going to say 2-2 two, two, draw at Goodison and 3-1 at home to Leeds and that is it for this week 
Thank you very much for listening. Uh, as I said, if you do want to get in touch with us, it's LeicesterCityPubcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the Leicester City Pubcast, please subscribe and tell everyone about it. If you hated the Leicester City Pubcast, please keep it to yourselves. See you next week.